Hello, everybody. So happy that you're joining us here on the Teacher Let Your Light Shine podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie Oliver. If you are just now joining us, we're so happy that you are here. I am a former public school teacher and instructional coach who left public school teaching in 2020 and decided that I wanted to homeschool my daughters, but I didn't want to do it alone. So I did my research very, very quickly and found out through various ways of just going down many rabbit holes that I could homeschool my daughters while also homeschooling, quote unquote homeschooling, starting a school out of my living room. And now we are in year three, expanding year four. So many incredible things have happened. I had always dreamt of having my own cozy school, but I never wanted to go through all of the red tape or having to build from the ground up this big expansive school that was going to take me years. And lo and behold, little did I really know that building a school did not have to be just for preschool. I have a school, kindergarten through sixth grade right now, and I have 18 students, two teachers that work for me full time, and we are growing and expanding for year four. So today I'm going to go back through my story and share with you what it's been like growing a school from my living room the past three years and where we are headed in to for the next four years. I hope that this inspires you. I hope that it makes you go, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do this and I never knew that I could because I hear that all the time. And if you just need a fresh dose of inspiration because maybe you've been sitting there going, could I really do this? Is it sustainable? Should I continue staying where I'm at? What if I jump out and I don't like it? What will happen? This episode is going to help you see that not only can you do it, but you also have a really bright future in doing so. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome teacher to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Okay, guys, this is such a good, such a good episode. As a matter of fact, this is the second or third time that I've made an episode about leaving public school teaching. And because I remember as a teacher in public school, and I actually loved my job. I was an instructional coach. If you've been around here, you know the story. I loved my job. I loved leadership. But I also was thinking, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I want to teach the way that I've always wanted to teach. And I don't want to work long gruesome hours. I want to be able to be outside. I want to go places. I want to 
have the freedom of time and the freedom of flexibility and the freedom of money. And I know I'm not going to be able to do that if I stay here. But what is it that I can do that will help me in order to do that but still keep my passion for teaching? And I was Googling. I was YouTubing public school teachers starting to homeschool. But I'm thinking, well, how am I going to make money doing that? But I also wanted to know, I wanted someone who was in my shoes. I wanted them to feel, I wanted to know what it felt like for a teacher to leave the quote unquote system, to go against mainstream, to go against what you've been taught your whole life to do. And I couldn't find anybody. Not even kidding. Okay, well, actually I found one lady. I don't remember who she was and she was homeschooling her daughters and her son And it sounded beautiful, but then I thought, well, that's nice, but she doesn't have to work and I still have to make money and I want to make money and I want to be an entrepreneur and I still want to have an impact. Guys, how this all came about was, was just so God. It was honestly his perfect plan from the very beginning, but I never could see it. And so our job, in my opinion, is to continue to walk it out, walk it out, walk it out, always be in reflection always be aware and always be looking for an opportunity to move because God could be whispering and pulling you and you just don't know it yet. You don't know how it looks like yet, but you will have to let go before you can hold on to something else. So please go back through, listen to some of the previous episodes I've I've just put out a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago. Listen to those past ones. Go back to episode number one. It's the number one downloaded episode. Um, Everybody wants to know, how did you get to where you are? Where did you come from? So today I'm going to just expand on episode one. I'm going to expand on, you know, if you've been around here, we're over almost to 150 episodes. We're in 75 different countries We have thousands of downloads a month. And so it's so incredible to see that more and more people are tuning in. They're starting to notice, oh my gosh, I can still be a teacher. I can still do what I love, but only do it on a grander scale. I can work less. I can make more. I can do it from the comfort of my home. I can do it around the block. I can have an outdoor school. Yes, it's so cool. And we could go on and on about this, but I got to let you know, if you're not in our Facebook group, you really are missing out on an opportunity to form such an incredible friendship and collaboration with others who are like-minded and are doing what you are potentially doing or want to do. Now, there is just so much going down in that group. We've got some who are creating meetings together and are doing summer planning. We've got friends who pop in there like Cecilia Marie. She put Just purchased the business bundle and can't wait to spend my last day of break customizing it. Thank you so much. And thank you for writing that, Cecilia. And then we had people underneath it going, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. If you complete it all in one day, I want to shake your hand because those are the pieces to help you get your business started. Um, Someone else said, yes, I'm so excited for you. Where do you plan to start? That was Becky. She talked about... um, you know, her opinion of where she should start in the business bundle. We were just sharing ideas in our group all about 2023. We've got a book study going on with 100 Days of Brave. I go live in there for Tip Tuesdays. Uh, We talk about planners. We talk about motherhood. We talk about just needing each other. We talk about plans and ideas and dreams and aspirations and words of the year. So please head on over. It is teacher 
Let Your Light Shines Micro School Community. And if you're not on Facebook, then follow me on Instagram. It is Mackenzie Cartwright Oliver or Teacher Let Your Light Shine. You can look that up because we can help direct you in any way. If you're looking for resources to help you, you want to go to www.teacherletyourlightshine.com. So that's www.teacherletyourlightshine.com, singular teacher. And then you can look at coaching options, resources that are free. You can look at our business bundle documents. There's also a video of me in our micro school that I would love for you to watch. So you can just see what is it like in the day of a life. And you can also see, oh my gosh, this lady's got 20 people coming to her house every day and she does not live in a mansion. How in the world does this work? And I don't live on a big property. But I hope that that will change one day soon. So let's talk about this. Year one. Well, I did kind of spill the beans a little bit about how I was public school teaching. I wanted to, I always thought that I would do administration, but then I realized, gosh, I just, I I don't want to work till six o'clock at night. I don't want the bog down of emails every weekend. I don't want to work during the summers. I don't want to be told to do things that I don't believe in. I don't want to tell people to do things that I don't believe in. I was really becoming morally convicted. But I loved my school. I loved my teachers. My kids were thriving in in school. Okay, I didn't have the situation where there are some of you who are looking at your schools going, I hate it. Or you're looking at your children struggling and you're going, I don't want them to be here. This isn't the best position for them. So that to me is an even easier decision-making platform. For me, I was thriving in my career. My kids were doing great. I loved my principal, loved my assistant principal, loved, loved everything about what I was doing except for the deep stuff, like the heart stuff. And I just couldn't bear any more of really I I felt like I was becoming more of a counselor to our teachers you know we would come to student study meetings we would come through and we'd look at students who were needing additional support and they knew I cannot do it McKenzie and I'm like I know you can't and I'm not going to tell you we're not going to sugarcoat it we know that you can't this is too big this is too much this is too hard and then we would put together incredible lesson plans and And just, you know, I loved that part of it, but I knew that teachers were thinking, oh my gosh, I I, I want to teach at this level, but I can't. It's not sustainable because of all that we are asked to do. The pressure of state testing, the pressure of evaluations, the pressure of just constant evaluations in classrooms, failing students, failing schools, Um, and then you've got school safety concerns. It just was... It just felt dark and I was loving my time, doing my best, shining my light. Oh my gosh, I, I, I just, I go back, I'm like, oh, I loved it. It was great. But I knew, I, I just was not fully satisfied. There was something larger than me that was calling. I don't know what other, other thing to say other than my, my mind was a little elsewhere. I, I could tell you that. I think that's how you know that you're called to something different is when your mind is just elsewhere like you're just dreaming of something different that's the call so yes as much as I would go there and be in tune and and go through the motions and and do my best and create fun things and do incredible assemblies and pep rallies at our school that was what I was in charge of too I loved it but I was like you know I just 
I feel like there's just something else out there for me. And that's scary too, in a sense, whenever you know you keep dreaming of something, but you can't quite put your finger on it and you don't know where it's at, but you know you got this like unsettled feeling. So I started listening to podcasts, started doing my research, just felt like, okay, you know what? My daughter's starting middle school. It's time for me to just do some reflecting on my life. I'm here really late at night. I don't want this anymore. I love going to school every day with my kids. Maybe I want to be a stay-at-home mom, but I also got to work. So I've told this story before. My husband started a painting business. I thought I'll help him. I'll sell some jewelry on the side. I'll take care of my girls. We'll save some money. I'll work from home. I'll figure it out. And that was a trying time. That was for about four months. And in that meantime of me leaving, this was fall of 2019. Then that December, my principal reached out and said, hey, could you come back and work part-time? I thought, you know, I probably should because it would give me some additional income. And then I went back working part-time for a couple months right before COVID. So that was January 2020. And I did it for two months. And the whole time I was there, I was like, I don't know why I came back here. I just, I, this is like, now I know this is really not for me. Like I left and I needed some extra money and I came back and it's not worth the money to be here. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm done. And COVID happened. So the school's closed. Principal asked me back that May of 2020. Can you come back? Are you ready? And I said, no, I'm going to figure something else out. That's when I had a dream that I would start a school. Actually, it wasn't even that I started school. I just saw in my dream every single door. I was in a house and every door was closed, 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 closed. And I stood in my dream and I said, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Every door is closing on in on me. And I heard a voice. After, I was in this house and I looked out the window and I saw my daughter running and I knew that there were kids around but I didn't see them and she was running and she was catching a football and it was a sunny day and I heard kids you'll always be successful with kids and I literally woke up four o'clock in the morning and was like okay I'm gonna homeschool with girls I'm gonna see if I can homeschool other kids and then my research began opened the doors up to six children my first year in my living room I had three kindergartners which by the way I my very first student was a third grader which was perfect because my youngest daughter was in third grade but my second student was a kindergartner and I was like I I can't do this I'm gonna have a seventh grader two third graders and a kindergartner and I just don't think that I can manage that but lo and behold I'm so glad I did that I was scared and then came another third grader then came another kindergartner then came another third grader and then came another kindergartner and so by that time I had three kindergartners three third graders, and then I had two seventh graders. My first year, bless my little heart, okay? I had never taught multi-age before. I had never taught in my socks all day long. I had never taught in my living room. I had never gone on field trips. I had never taught all by myself before without any collaboration. Whoa, nobody that I knew of was doing this. It felt lonely, okay? It felt big, but it felt good, and it felt right, and it felt relaxed, And it felt purposeful. And it felt so free. It actually felt so free that I was like, I feel feel like this is illegal. And you know that it took me the first four months to ease my 
mind, I was almost, I had this anxiety that somebody was going to walk through my door and give me an evaluation. Now, this is interesting because I was on the opposite end the last few years of teaching. I was in the leadership role, so I wasn't, I didn't even have that worry anymore. But I literally, I think I'd been traumatized by you never know who's going to walk in and start evaluating you. And I never even had a bad experience with that, but I just was on edge about it my first few months of having this little school. I also, during that time, um, lost my grandpa. So here I was running a school, um, a month into it, multi-age, everything's new, it's pandemic, everything's shut down, I'm scared, I'm, I'm making decisions based on people-pleasing. You should go back and listen to that a few episodes ago about people-pleasing and how much my life has changed um, having this school now. I was just really needing someone during that time. Uh, my grandpa died. And I kind of started to feel lonely because I was doing it by myself and I was so used to having people around me. I also knew that I had bit off a little bit more than what I could chew, to be honest with you. You know, seventh grade, I had never taught middle school before. I had never had a middle school daughter before. So that was a little challenging. It was a miss again during the pandemic. And my third grader, I had never taught my girls before. You know, these are little things that I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. And it was, and I was living my best life, but I was like, whoa, I didn't think about this. And I don't have anybody to talk to about this. And then my mother-in-law, who's not a certified teacher, she started coming and helping me a couple days a week for about two to three hours a day. It was blissful. We were having so much fun. Um, She would come in the morning. We would teach together at lunchtime. She would leave. I'd hop everybody in our van. I got a 15 passenger van. That's a funny story because I told my husband, I am not getting a 15 passenger van. You'll never see me drive that thing. And he said, then we're going to leave the car lot and we're not going to get a van because you're not ready for this. Until you, until your mind gets on another level, we're not ready for this. And I walked away huffing and puffing. I don't want to drive a 15 passenger van. I just want a normal Honda Odyssey. Can I just have that? I've been driving a rinky dinky van for the longest time and now it's time to get a new van. But because we were starting the school, my husband's like, we're going to need a bigger van. I didn't even have a student at this point. And my husband went and got us a 15-passenger van. And then I got a student, and I was about to cry my eyes out because I thought, now I'm going to drive around my two girls and one student, and I've got a 15-passenger van. But we, we filled up uh, nine of those seats, okay? So with the eight students, myself, and then my mother-in-law, that's actually 10. So we had a little bit of room to spare. And that was just, that was just an interestingly beautiful year. And I'm so grateful we had an end of the year party. Uh, We ran out of food at the end of the year party. I didn't know how much food to buy for my school. (laughs) Just little things here and there that just I've learned along the way. I will tell you the one thing that has stayed the same consistently is this. Number one, I have my business bundle. That is the foundation of our school. Every year, I've added to the business bundle. I've added more to it, and it has become a seamless enrollment process. It gets all of the, uh, it gets my vision. It gets my mission out. It's how I correspond with people who are interested. It's what I use whenever I meet families for the very first time. It's what they use to to, uh, continue to refer back to when it comes to making their decision. I also had the parent partnership letter, which allowed me to work out um, in my community to connect with other people for their children to come to our school. And then 
The year later, I also had the enrollment form, then a welcome letter, handbook and contract. There's so much that goes into it that every year I've just continued to, I had all of the pieces, but I continue to add and really perfect them to where now it's it's just plug and play, add a little bit here and there based on how my vision changes and it's good to go. It's how I run my school. That's the one thing that stayed the same. And the other thing that stayed the same was this. I always start out the year doing what I've always been taught to do. Teach this certain way. And I tell you what, by October, I'm like, why am I falling back into the ways that I knew I wanted to leave public school for? Just maybe feeling a little bit anxious, feeling like, you know, we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to stay on this timeline and we got to stay on the schedule. And then by October, I'm like, no, this is why I left. So it's almost as if I've been having to retrain my brain. You'll hear a lot of this from people who start micro schools that it's like, oh my gosh, you know, there's this whole new world of curriculum. There's a whole new methodology of teaching. You can choose Montessori. You can choose Waldorf method. You can choose project-based learning. Like you're so free to make these decisions now. So, you know, uh, the very first year I decided, okay, I don't know how long this is going to last. So I'm going to, I'm going to purchase curriculum that our public school systems use that I'm familiar with. I already know how to teach it. Um, in case our, in case this doesn't work out, the kids can go right back into public school and I've taught what I was supposed to teach. Stick with, stuck with the Common Core State Standards and literally until the end of October. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to use this anymore. So that is the one mistake that I made. But I wouldn't even call it a mistake. It was a learning. It was, a, it was just a learning curve for me because I didn't have time to research the curriculum. I built the school so fast. So with that being said, um, I believe that curriculum is one of the most liberating experiences that you'll have, but it's also one of those experiences where you're probably going to change it a lot. You know why? Because you have the, you have the autonomy to, and it's going to ebb and flow based on the students that you have and what their needs are. And it's going to ebb and flow on your seasons and it's going to ebb and flow on how much capacity you have and who you hire to help you. So that was something that continued to stay the same until this past year. I'm in year three and I have done a lot better with trying to replicate the system. But I, I, I'll, I tell you what, I actually did it August, September, and it was by the end of September, I was like, nope, done. I still kept my curriculum, but the way that I was structuring my teaching and my lessons, I just have been able to relax a little bit more, add in more flair, and the kids are just thriving. So year one, definitely, uh, I wouldn't say it was a walk in the park, but it was a beautiful walk. It, it was a beautiful walk to the park okay and I would say that it was not a walk in the park because it was new and I didn't have anyone to mentor me and I didn't have a collaboration I didn't have a community which is why year two I was like okay this is working this is good this is a great financial decision and it's a great freedom decision who can I have to come along with me and be with me and go through this experience because I would have wanted someone to do this for me. I wish I would have had someone who paved the way for me. Now, granted, I'm not like, you know, the holiest, you know, just 
laid down the golden road for everybody. No, there's other people who do it too. But I don't know of anyone who's really going through sharing their experiences, coaching people along the way, because I do see people out there building micro schools, but they're telling you to build it their way. And I'm here to tell you, you can build it your way and be more free and make more money and make more impact. You don't have to choose a specific model. That's just a little insert that I wanted to tell you because if you're starting this for the first time, you're going to hear a lot of people go, well, should I go with this one franchise? Should I go try doing this? Should I try doing uh, going with their model? No, you go with your model. You can adapt and you can adjust, but the moment I've worked with people who are coming from franchises who are going, it's a mess and I'm not growing and I'm not seeing the fruit of this and I'm stuck doing things that I don't want to do. So basically you are back into doing someone else's model when I am all for you being an entrepreneur and making this school the way that God has blessed you with in your vision. Um, Year two, we grew. We got 12 students at that time I actually had to close my doors I had more students who wanted to join but I had a part-time teacher at that time and I really just felt like my calling during my second year was to spread the message to other teachers so I started my podcast but I would have never started the podcast if I didn't have the freedom to do so based on being a micro school builder so I see once you taste entrepreneurship it's like oh my gosh you you're the gates are open and you you feel as if, okay, I can, oh, I can branch off and do this now. And oh, I can branch off and do that now. And oh, I can, I can build this community now. It feels so good. And you have so many more people that you can network with when you become an entrepreneur. And I really didn't realize that. So my second year, I started our podcast at the beginning of the school year. I had 12 students, hired an official part-time teacher. She was actually a teacher that came with me from public school. She wasn't a certified teacher. She was a paraprofessional, so she came and worked for me part-time. And there were some moments in seasons where she was not able to work for me, so I was still felt like 12 when I knew that she was out for various reasons. I knew, okay, I can handle 12 by myself. And I was. It was my second year, so when I didn't have my assistant, I felt comfortable taking 12 on my own and that worked out very well, um, even though it was still multi-age. We had a really great successful year. I started to see that this is really a sustainable income that I can make. I could see that more and more parents were aware of the possibilities and the opportunities and I saw that more parents were wanting this and I was overcoming my fear of charging parents. So my second year, I actually raised our prices and I was scared that I was going to lose students. I also changed a little bit of a restructure in our school and still kept our students. Um, I lost one student who was going to transition into public school. Parents were public school teachers and the time of day was no longer going to work for that family. And so I was super sad and I was of course in this mindset that you know, other people would leave or people were going to maybe not stay or find another option because I'm not the cheapest option in town. I'm not the most expensive, but I'm not the cheapest. And so I had a little bit of a fear mindset about that. But all in all, guess what happened after year two? Here comes year three. (laughs) And here comes 18 kids. Here comes a wait list. Here comes two full-time teachers. I have one who's in college. She's incredible. She literally just takes um, 
our older students. She teaches that age group. She also comes up with all of our Africa unit studies, our botany unit studies, uh, just different types of our art unit study. She has that creative dynamic to her. I also have the same teacher that I had my second year who is just really great with all of the age groups, really great at keeping things organized and just functioning of the school. They each together have so many gifts and talents. I've got one who's like the mother of the school. I've got the other one who's like the uh, the creative uh, lesson planner of the school. And then I got myself. So I, I go back and forth teaching some of the groups throughout the day, but I've really gotten myself out and really become more of an administrator and getting into that leadership role. I work about 16 to 20 hours a week in Lighthouse Learning. And the other time I'm able to really work on growing our business, marketing, preparing for the next school year, and also working on Teacher Let Your Light Shine. Where the finances come in, yes, I have been able to earn more than I would have as an administrator working in public school, and I'm still able to do this out of the comfort of my home. But I will say that moving forward, the time has come. It's been year three. We are, we've got, we share one bathroom between 18 kids and two teachers and that's my daughter's bathroom on their wing of the house and so you know my 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 yard it's just it's getting a little worn down from those soccer from those soccer games those kids are playing we have about uh, 0.3 acres that we live on so we are looking into buying a larger property and getting the school built on the outside of our house so we are looking at buying a house where we can build a little school in the backyard and not anything more than 20 to 30 students. We want to keep it very much community-based, a lot of outdoor exploration and a lot of hands-on learning, project-based learning. And I am looking to have three teachers next year, each one being able to have about 10 students or less in a class and really focusing on individualizing, personalizing education. And I am overseeing our school and really working with the community. We did receive the Vela grant, which we're super excited about. I know that some people get a little concerned about the funding of the school, but we are able to receive that. And I'm praying over that, that God allows us to use wisdom and discernment in how he wants us to build the school. Now, that is a dream of mine. It's the, it's the dream that I've had for many years, but I also know that dreams take time. So if we have to move the school out into a separate building, like maybe rent a church or rent a different property or commercial property for the time being, then we will. But my ultimate goal is to get it on our property. And so just to fulfill the dream of the kids gardening and my husband able being able to be here and work in it with us sometimes and just creating that family-friendly environment of life skills and community involvement. And I do believe that having a micro school has allowed me to truly tap into the life that I had wanted for so long as a mom, as a teacher, as a future entrepreneur. And I'm just so grateful for this experience that I could not wait to tell the world about it. And so that is why this podcast is here. And I'm so thankful for you. I hope that this inspired you. You can learn more about our micro school at www.lighthouselearningmicroschool.com. You can also look us up on Facebook. And of, of course, feel free to go to www.teacherletyourlightshine.com. See how you can connect with us and get free resources 
to help you start building your school. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. Don't forget to go to our Facebook group, Teacher Let Your Light Shines Micro School Community, and just pop in a question. Let's get to know you and let's get you ready to start building your school. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.